Spotlight. Brought to you by the Isle of Man Arts Council. Pastor Mai and welcome to Spotlight with me, Sarah Hendy. Today we'll be catching up with local filmmakers Bethany White and Patrick Krellin of Dark Avenue Film. And we speak to artist, designer, inventor and thinker-upper Dominic Wilcox about creativity. If you'd like to share anything with us on the programme, do get in touch through spotlight at manxradio.com and you can find details of everything featured today on our blog or you can stream, download or subscribe to the show as a podcast all on the Manx Radio website. Dominic Wilcox, who has invented such marvels as GPS shoes and a stained glass driverless sleeper car, joins us today to discuss creativity. He graduated from the Royal College of Art in 2002 and has since worked with brands such as Kellogg's, BMW and Paul Smith. The first thing I wanted to ask you about was um, how you feel about the fact that one of the one of the things that still kind of eludes us, this sort of spark of creativity or creative ability, we're, we're starting to analyse now. Gone are the days where we believed that a muse would descend from the heavens and bestow inspiration upon us. Um, it's something that we can sort of um, quantify now. Well, yes, I think uh, I think creativity is is a skill. It can be thought of as a skill. It's a it's a way of thinking that can be practiced and you can learn different methods of being more creative and by creativity i mean the whole range creative thinking it isn't just something that artists do it applies to everybody and everybody's lives and everybody's jobs you have to come up with ideas and there there are methods of um, being more creative I suppose once it was necessary for our survival, but our, our natural instincts as uh, instinct as humans is to is to sort of find the path of least least resistance, make our lives as easy and comfortable and safe as possible. Do you think that um, encourages creativity or stifles it? Um, I think you know there is something to be said for for restrictions um, <laughs> inspiring creativity because that's our instinct to solve problems and without problems in a way. It would be more. You you wouldn't have been need to be creative, uh, in that way. Um, so it's it, it's it's just different. I think. Uh, I think it's a different situation now. You can become too comfortable. I think sometimes. <laughs> Yeah, I agree. Um, and your your currency is your ability to solve problems. Um, how do you how do you find yourself doing that? Is it is it sort of uh, you're inspired by the everyday? I understand, but um, but when do you get those sort of click moments where something falls into place and you see the possibilities? Well, I wish. Yeah, as you say, I wish I wish the ideas just popped in my head from nowhere but you know I, th- I have to make time and I have to um, sit down and you know, sit down with a sketchbook um, doodle ideas then then I might go onto the um, computer and um, develop the ideas um, but mostly getting the ideas is it's, it's um, in the shower it's not normal it's quite often when I'm going to sleep or just waking up and um that little period of um half sleep where you where your mind can drift off um if i'm you know if i've got a deadline 
like for this project, I'm doing this project, Microsoft Extraordinary Solutions Exhibition. I had to come up with two invention ideas to solve everyday problems. And um, at first it was a bit difficult. I, I don't know. My mind went blank on what problems to solve. But you just got to keep on going at it, not give up, believe in yourself. I think create being confident about yourself and your ability to come up with ideas is really important to finding those ideas. So just keep on trying. Um, and do you do you find um, the results of, of this survey to, to be sort of interesting observations about our creativity and our creative habits and what encourages our natural creativity or um, or sort of advice on how to how to encourage creativity in yourself? Yeah, I mean, for you know, it's a constant um, challenge for me personally to fi- find ideas because that's you know what I do all the time. That's what I have to do: um, find interesting or thought-provoking or surprising ideas. And um, yeah, the, so the survey basically was asking British people about creativity. Um, apparently, uh, the average Brit is most creative at twelve. 35 p.m. very precise <laughs> but uh which is interesting i'm more of a later person i think um when i'm a bit more relaxed um in the evening i find that the ideas come um it's the other things that have come out of this survey over a third believe that their best ideas come from going for a walk and i think there is something to be said for doing a physical activity even if it's doing the washing up um that activates half of your brain when, and you don't have to think too much and it then releases the other part which is your creative thinking brain so that's, that's it's interesting how people you know some people have said 17% say in the shower they get the best ideas others driving 15% listening to music 18% I think everybody's got a different personality and a different way of doing things but it is interesting that you need something to, extra to sort of half do <laughs> while you're thinking is an interesting way yeah how do you feel about the fact that we that we are analyzing um our creativity in this way the ability to to solve problems in the way that you do it's sort of a it's sort of a commodity really isn't it it's um it's a real it's a, it's an innate talent uh, that although you do say it can be um encouraged and grown and mm-hmm. um and nurtured are we in danger of almost um I don't know, committing to paper too much, this thing that still is kind of, it, it's still beyond us a little bit, really. Well, um, I think um, it's, in terms of the creative process, I think it's, it you know, before, one, one thing I always say to people is don't just like get your get your first idea and go with that and like, and get all practical suddenly, you know, <laughs> because there is this temptation to go into the practical of how to, how should we make this idea real? Um, keep the ideas open. So whenever I come up with a good idea and I've, I've drawn it down, uh, I try to keep calm about it and just keep on thinking because I know that in that moment, my mind is in the just in the right place for feeling creative. So I keep it going and I come up with more and more ideas. And a lot of my ideas can be seen as completely crazy. But, um, um, but I believe that playfulness is really important to unlocking creativity. As soon as we get serious, um, the creativity levels drop. So actually being playful is a serious way of being more creative in a way. 
they seem almost opposing really um that sort of playful attitude is is opposite to the desire to control which is um i don't know such a so prevalent in our society we need to we need to be able to monetize this we need to be able to understand mm. it and to to control someone's creativity um how do you feel about that yeah i mean obviously uh, people work they work for employers employers need innovative ideas so that comes from creative thinking so you can use the skill the technique the method of creative thinking to improve your business that's true but you can also apply it in many other directions obviously there's the artistic side but that's just one area um, you can apply it in your job um, whatever you're doing you have to solve problems or you can just um, you, you've got the everyday problems and um, that we just face as we go along and we need to find out-of-the-box ideas occasionally so it's it's uh, creativity is an all-encompassing thing that covers many areas spotlight brought to you by the Isle of Man Arts Council and we're back on home soil now for our next interview Dark Avenue Film is an award-winning two-person production company based here on the Isle of Man. And the people behind the production company, Bethany White and Patrick Crellin, join us in the studio now. First things first, I'm curious about the name of your production company. Is there a story behind Dark Avenue? Um, Well, I think really it came out of um, our joint love for kind of there are so many production companies all over the place and they've all got every single name you can possibly conceive of, you know, and um, so we spent forever, you know, trying to work out what would be the best name. And we both really like kind of film noir movies. And, and so we wanted to put something across that felt, you know, it wasn't sort of fairly functional. It wasn't like we make films yeah. productions, you know, so we wanted to get something that had had legs outside of just, you know, the commercial work that we do. It was like, you know, it's a, we, we produce fiction and we've, you know, we've just finished a documentary and we also do commercial work. And so it was kind of picking a name that felt like it had a broader scope to it than just functionally what we do, mm. basically. Once we settled on that name, I think the thing that um, really cemented the brand for us is we got uh, our logo designed by, you know, someone that my sister went to school with, you know, just someone that, you know... Um, you follow people on Facebook and you see what they're up to and you think, oh, actually, we could collaborate on something. Um, her name's Rachel Mays and she did an absolutely fantastic job with designing our logo and that sort of brought about the whole look of our brand now as well. Yeah. You're working on a, on a project at the moment. Um, can you tell us a little bit about, about what it is that you're doing? So um, we're working on a short film uh, called The Lost Wife and... Um, we're going to be shooting it in uh, autumn this year and it is an adaptation of one of Sophia Morrison's collected Manx fairy tales. Uh, the original story is The Lost Wife of Balalise, which was only about three pages long, um, but there was a lot to get out of it for such a short story and we've we've now developed it into a 15-minute uh, a script. Um, it's, been, it's been quite a while in development. It started off with... Patrick. Yeah, I, I wrote, um, I adapted the story many years ago for kind of a, a competition at the Isle of Man Film Festival. And, um, so when we, when we both moved back after university, we were thinking about what we should do, you know, what, what should be the first project we do. And we dug this one up. And I'm, I'm not a screenwriter usually. 
Um, I've I've gone more into it now, mm. but um, Bethany's the screenwriter in 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 this usually, and so Bethany rewrote it and reworked it, and so we decided it would be a good one to do because we felt like we could get lots out of it, and also that the island could um, play a really major part in in the film and and also in producing it as well. Mm. Yeah, we wanted to um, wanted to update it and bring it into the modern day. So um, it's it's been a bit of a balancing act, you know, keeping the old and the new, and it's it's all set uh, on a farm. We're filming at a Smale farm, which is up north, um, and uh, they've been they've been wonderful to us there. We've just done a video for them as well to to promote the farm for the uh, farming wildlife advisory group, I think it is, um, and so we're filming on their farm and in one of their holiday cottages as well, um, and we've had a lot of fun in you know exploring the manx landscape um they've got a tramon which is an ancient tree which is all part of you know the manx culture which we've incorporated into the script from going and looking around where we're going to be filming as well so um but yeah we've we have updated it um and you know played with how much the um the mystical side of things the the, the fairy side of things plays into it because they're quite a key part of the original story um, and you know we've come out with a script that you know we're very happy with and very excited about we've had good feedback when people have read to audition for the parts and um, we also um, we applied to both Arts Council and Culture Vannin for funding and they enjoyed the script there as well and they've very kindly um, given us you know a big portion of our budget between them um, so it's exciting to feel like other people are excited. Yeah, absolutely. And have you found that since you moved back to the Isle of Man and you're now based here, working here, has the sort of mystical, um, sort of the mythology of the Isle of Man sort of seeped into your work? Because it, it seems to be in everything. It does. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, so Bethany's... Uh, only moved over here after university. I, I was born here, and um, Bethany was born in, in Reading and moved over after we graduated. And um, I think that when you're showing somebody the Isle of Man for the first time, and when you take people around places, I think uh, one of those things that really captures people's imagination is kind of the mythology and the the history of the place. You know, you go to Peel Castle and you've got the you know the the Moddy Do and things, and you've got those stories that really capture people's attention, and they sort of um, you know, those are they're really attractive and appealing stories, um, and I think that the Isle of Man is full of that. And I think we don't shout loudly about it enough. Sometimes I think uh, you know, there's so much that the this island offers um, creatively as well. And I think uh, the mythology is, you know, has has seeped into a lot of what we've done. And I think. Uh, adapting this story we should probably say what the story is about yes. um so uh so it's it's essentially the story of a of a the original one is about a, a farmer who who marries a who gets married and his his wife is kidnapped by fairies essentially and um she disappears uh for a long time and he um remarries and then one day he gets a letter from from the wife that was taken by the fairies that says if you can clean one of your barns from top to bottom and there's there's nothing left in it, um, you can have your first wife back. And so he's got a bit of a dilemma, you know, he's remarried and, and so but in the end he decides, well I'm gonna I'm gonna do it and so he 
uh, cleans the barn from top to bottom and the fairies come back with the wife and they inspect the barn and they, they're just about to finish inspecting it and they think it's all clear and then they find a piece of hay on, you know, in a corner off somewhere and they, uh, and, they, and they take the wife away and then it soon becomes clear that it was his, his, his second wife that hid the, the piece of straw in the, in the barn. I know. It's a great twist, isn't it? <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, my anxiety levels are up just hearing about it. It could make for... Uh, it's it's quite interesting to think of sort of traditional Manx tales um, in a modern setting because a lot of them are really quite alarming when you get into them, aren't they? Has, that, has it got that edge to it, this, um, this, this production? I think it has, yeah. We've um, tried to give it, you know, a bit of a, an updating on the characters. Obviously, the, the lost wife herself... In the original story, she doesn't have much to do. Um, you know, she gets taken by the fairies, she gets brought back by the fairies, and that's so, about it. Yeah. But I think it's fair to say, without you know, giving away what we've done with the story, she's got a lot more to do this time around. Mm-hmm. You said just before, um, Patrick, that you you're sort of getting more into screenwriting and looking at your portfolio. You guys, although perhaps you have your sort of areas of specialism you you do work in so many different roles in the projects that you do together and also um involved with other groups as well um how does that work what are your particular interests each of you and and what have you enjoyed sort of um doing as well we've sort of roughly split things down the middle between us so far so um uh, Patrick will predominantly direct and I'll write when we're developing things um, and on production Patrick takes care of the camera side and I'll do all the sound stuff you know we we produce together this is something that's fairly new to both of us it's not something we did much of at university so we're we're learning the ropes on that there's so much to do you know we really appreciate the producer's role now there's there's a lot of responsibility in it um but you know you know alongside that we we do a bit of photography here and there as well you know we're <laughs> it seems you know each new opportunity that arises we find something else that we can do for people as well so it's it's fun exploring um you know where we can take the skills that we've built up over the last few years while we've been studying um, and I suppose that's one of the things of working for yourselves as well. You have to have about eighty different hats, don't <laughs> yeah. you? How are you finding kind of uh, how are things going? Are you are you sort of finding your feet with it all? When when we finished when we when we graduated at university, the big question for us was you know what's next. I think that's the question that's on pretty much everyone's lips at that point. And so um, I think a big thing for us, probably more for me, was that I didn't really want to work for anyone else i i don't want you know i'm I'm too bossy and 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 i don't think I, i've tr- i've done a bit of crewing I, d- I did a i worked on um mind torn which was filmed over here and i really enjoyed it but i also th- there was a part of me in my head that was thinking about you know how i do these things and i and i think if i had dedicated you know lots and lots of years to you know being a runner where you you know, you you never really involved that creatively. I think I'd find that a bit frustrating. And so, the decision for us was that you know we know we can produce things to a high standard, and um, we know that if we took the time to learn different skills, that we could you know try and master them as well. And um, we've collaborated pretty much since 
first year of university yeah. really you know we've we've worked together and, and have had this working relationship together for a, a long time and so coming back over here it was sort of it made sense that we did this together and for us it's about finding that balance between making what we want to make but also producing really good uh, kind of content for other people and 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 both are equally rewarding you know yeah. it's not it's not you know just like what well, we're just doing this other stuff so we can make our own things it's like we've discovered so much about how we you know how we shoot how we edit and and how we produce our own content you know the way the the work we've done for other people will inform how you know the lost wife is made and produced and things and it's been a really fantastic kind of learning experience that you don't get when you're at university you get you know the skills but you don't get that sort of it's the application, mm-hmm. isn't yes, it? It's, um, yeah. it's yeah, getting out there into the world and and putting all those skills into practice. That is a, it's a big old transition, isn't yes. it? Well done, you guys. <laughs> it seems like you're doing a, doing good, uh, doing good already. Um, and when you when you are working on your own projects, uh, I mean, I, I can see that you've you've done a lot of work to commission and things. But um, what what kind of themes do you follow when you're when you're doing your own work? Is the lost wife a good example of the kind of uh, subject matter, or are there other other threads to what you do as well i think yeah lost wife is a good example um in terms of you know our our fiction work um and you know the scripts we're developing in our own time as well um female characters has always been a a key part of everything i i did a um a research project while i was at university um all about you know how we can you know develop interesting and complex female characters and incorporate them into the mainstream um and that's something that we strive for a lot and so as i was saying earlier about um the original lost wife story um if you see something that can be developed you know why not give it a shot and I think this is a really good example of how um, leaving the island uh, to go and study, to pr- pursue your career and, and come back, bring your skill set back to the Isle of Man can help all of us appreciate where we live more. And um, it just, it yeah, builds a richer life here on the Isle of Man. This story that you're going to tell through your film is something that we can all enjoy and appreciate. I mean, I didn't know the story about the lost wife. I'm really glad you've told it to me today. Um, is that part of, is that, was that part of the draw to coming back to the Isle of Man, what was it that, that made you want to be here particularly? I, I've, you know, having having lived here for all my life, really, um, I've, I've, you know, I, film has always been something that I wanted to produce, uh, pursue, really, and I've, I know lots of people involved in it, and and it's been, I don't, I don't know of anyone else that I knew when we were at university who'd really had the proximity to to the filmmaking world that I'd had living over here you know I, before I went to university I'd worked on Mindhorn you know I'd, I'd had this professional credit to my name and I kind of you know I knew the the people that ran Isle of Man film and I knew a lot of people that were producing short videos here and I think the Isle of Man has a lot of people who are doing lots of really fantastic things and uh, it's exactly the same in the film world and so I think that um you know uh really i've i've found it 
so rewarding kind of living here all my life and, and it's given me opportunities that I wouldn't have had anywhere else um, and having come over here you know, I visited a few times while I was at university and um, you know came to the film festival before I moved over here and it's it's felt like a very accessible place to me you know with, when we were getting started with the company we would reach out to people and you know they'd get back to us and actually want to have a conversation and you know it it's a much more open community than um in the UK it's much more easy to get in touch with people and and just have a chat about something and share that enthusiasm so um I've felt very welcomed over here that's wonderful. That's that's what I always hope to hear. But it's really <laughs> lovely to actually hear that. Um, and on your on your website, uh, through your social media channels, um, you you share quite a lot of your work. It's there for people to enjoy. Um, tell us tell us where exactly we can find more examples of your work if people want to sort of tune in and have a look at your videos. Well, we've got a website uh, which is quite simply darkavenuefilm.com, um, and we've got a portfolio page on there which has got you know all the all the videos that we've done so far that are available publicly um we've also got a facebook page which is again dark avenue film fairly easy to find and we've got a a page particularly for the lost wife film as well which is the lost wife short film on facebook um and we're also currently raising funds for the remainder of the lost wife's budget um and that we're doing that through a platform called indiegogo um which is again the lost wife short film um and We've got an Instagram as well, which is Dark Avenue Film. Fantastic. Well, I'm sure lots of people will be tuning in to find out what's going on. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. Thank Thank you very much. And that's all we have time for this week. But I'll be back next Wednesday at half past five with more creative news from around the island. Have a lovely creative week. Slen you.